Welcome back to Dr. Bruce. Today we will dive back into the conversation with the Madre, which we began in the previous podcast. The Madre, Spanish for the mother, is a presence that has recently and intensely come to me and to many others. One could think of this presence as the avatar of the entirety of life on the earth. Now some may rightly say that we might be considered collectively crazy for entertaining such notions, but in the off chance that there is something real or surreal there, wouldn't it be worth taking a moment to try and listen? In this second part of the conversation, I begin to reply back to the inquiry of the Madre. My message? I feel that she needs information on the state of us monkeys, her most promising yet problematic progeny. For the survival of life beyond the heat death of the earth may rest in the balance. I tell one story called the Emerald or the Azure Civilization. The Emerald Civilization is the world of the forest, the rainforest closer to nature. In that world is the town of Pucallpa, Peru, which is not small. It's 300,000 official census. 300,000 people live in Pucallpa. Pucallpa's a grid. In Pucallpa, everybody's looking at mobile phones, and there's more glass and steel buildings at the new civic center, you know, but it's still pretty much emerald. You know, the jungle's pretty powerful, but people are living in a techie world. They're more... And the, the azure part of our civilization is that blue glow that's on the screen or the blue glass that's on apartment towers in Shanghai or Vancouver. Uh, the clean lines in, of, of a new airport or a high-speed transit, or your car. You know, that's azure, that's tech. An azure stone is cut with facets. It's it's a real cool thing, but it's it's not a touchy-feely thing. Emerald is always soft and brown. It has uh, texture, it has this new jade, a green jade. And so in the future, if you look at human civilization as like a brooch that you would wear represents you. You could have a civilization that has a big chunk of azure in the center and tiny little dots of emerald. And you live in an azure world. You, you have the money, you, you find a little uh, emerald dot, but then we come back to our totally dominated azure world. And as that brooch setting, as that azure stone gets bigger and bigger, the little green dots become more highly valued and more exclusive. And that's possibly our future. How do we do the trick with increasing population and consumption that that azure stone is going to keep growing? There's no other solution. Our civilization wants that energy. It has to produce cities like Shanghai and bigger, even bigger. And it has to accommodate more coffee shops and more offices and as long as we can get material out of the earth, we're going to be building. But the forest ape that was fully alive and conscious and happy and satiated in the forest, the rainforest, what happens to that, that human being? Will there be human beings? You know, we 
take a flight to Peru, or we were lucky if we have a garden or a little ranch and we kind of find it. But the people living in 100-story apartment buildings in Dubai, they may not know about it. It'll be a memory that's lost to them. Their whole world is the Azure world because it takes money and resource to be otherwise. In slums, in megacities, these children have never been to a park. And they've never been to a zoo to see animals other than street dogs, stuff like that. So at what cost to the human soul? And of course, they want the shopping mall. That's the joy, that, that's what the goal is. So somehow in all this, in the message of hope, is that you can bring the emerald world alive. You bring not only the, the emerald world but you know, of nature, but the, the full power of it comes into the room. And you could be doing it in the 100-story apartment tower or the shopping mall. You, you, you invited it in. And it looks around and it goes, uh, bless your souls where you are, you know, in this prison created by the emergence of this, this thing, this uh, trickster. I wouldn't say it's the despair, but it's something else that emerged in, comp in competition with nature. And it, nature will wake, wake up and look around and go, okay, that's my competitor. My competitor is here. I asked the planetary plant body, I said, uh, are you... Are you sad, upset, angry that we're cutting you down? The rainforest, the al algaes in the ocean are going. And, and they said, no, because uh, we're using you. I said, what are you using us for? We are climbing you like a ladder. Like, kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk. The other way around, the Beanstalk's climbing Jack. <laughs> and I said, well, why? Because we're trying to get higher and higher because we're trying to look over that horizon they pointed to was the curve of the earth. They want to look through that bubble and they're trying to look out, where are we? It's the whole planetary plant body. I said, come with me. The monkey mind, I'll take you there. So I took them to the dry dust of the moon. I put myself in there because for 10 years I visualized all these places, spacecraft and everything. And I took them there and said, ah, oh, okay, that's what that place is. It's very dry. It's not for us. I said, come. And we went to Mars. And I took them to an area just where the margin of the polar cap was, some moisture seeping out. And they put their mind in these soils. And they said, we could live here. Oh. I said, come with me. Gonna, you're going to really enjoy this. I took them down to the equatorial area right next to one of the rovers, the one with the bum wheel. I said, sit, let's sit here quietly because you're going to hear a sound of crunching. You 
hear that sound. It's just a slow crunching. There's a hum. Now look over there. And there was the one of the Mars rovers just crunching along. You know, the pan cam, the has cam moved slightly. Crunched along. I said, the monkey's been here. <laughs> <laughs> and the planetary plant bodies said, we are damned impressed. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did that. I said, yes. I said, so what is the problem? You're trying to climb on our bodies to look out because it's time. I said, they said, why? Because our body is feeling age. I said, tell me about it. Said, because the continents are drying. The planet is getting old. The system's getting old. And we're feeling our oats. And we feel we can see the end. And uh, the, the end is fire. Now, of course, this is when the Earth enters the solar corona in several billion years. And there's this sense of, I must rise. Its end is soon. I said, why is the end soon? Because when there's no more water on, on the land, when the plants are gone from the land, then we're receding ever. We've lost our chance. And the, the ice is a problem that comes. It comes further down all the time. And uh, they say, once the continents are dry again, we, we only live under the water, and it's done. And so that's where I, I said, why is there a problem? You're trying to climb out, desperately to climb out, to get to a new home, because this one is starting to, and I'm not talking human and climate change, this is much longer, because an asteroid impact was no problem. The Permian extinction was no problem. That was 90%. But there was so much vitality in, in the biota, and it could easily handle that. And that was that was a beautiful thing, because it allowed diversity and the system be stirred up. That was welcomed, those impacts. But now it's age, aging. And, and the planet is feeling that this is... This is about death, and we must do something. They are giving their all for us. Because it's their only shot. <sighs> because if they can look out and they can see, they can go. But they need to see the next point. They need to see the destination clearly. And I said, what is the problem? That we're climbing you, but you're slippery. And, and it doesn't matter how much destruction you do. It does not matter. Go for it. Just go for it, but go for it. But we can't get purchase on you. When we get purchase on you, we'll be able to hold. There'll be a moment where we, we hold the whole system and the mind will look out. It will look around this solar system, and when it sees the way, it will start to work, and it will do it. It needs to see the spot. 
and it needs the greatest scaffolding it can get itself onto. And by God, we're building scaffolding. And maybe, uh, I think the slipperiness is despair. Is the despair in the, in the hearts. The fact that we don't see the miracle over given. We want to allow humans to go anywhere in the world easily and conveniently and safely. We're given that. You know, the nerds go build airports and aircraft get safer and digital technology. We're given that. You know, given, 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 given all the time. The planet gives up all its palladium so that we can have music in our ears and we can do what we did here. Gave up all the palladium. It's giving up the natural gas. We'll give it to you. You have it all. And health, the solving of disease, nature gave up the secret of DNA. It will give up all the secrets. She will give us everything. And she just wants us to be in hope, not to be in despair. They can't understand why we're in despair. They've given us everything, and health and longer lives and music video and... <laughs> And uh, why on earth are you walking and you're worried about your mortgage? And this miracle life that's given to every human being is, is discarded. And I think that's the slipperiness. That's the, uh, it's a conundrum. They don't understand. They don't understand. And it's the thing that is saying, I will kill you. It's the force. Where did this come from? Here's this miracle of the earth, and we're now being given the cosmos. The cosmos is saying, guys, see that exoplanet finder there? That is the greatest miracle machine that you produced in the last 10 years. It's a seeing eye that shows how freaking rare your solar system is. Astonishingly rare. So so rare that it's it's like a miracle that you should fall back onto your feather beds and say in complete awe, oh my God, we're one of the only ones. We may be it for the Milky Way. It. The numbers are, you know, hot supergiants in the inner solar system. It's a common model. And we've got this freaky solar system. We've got cold gas giant vacuums. We've got an asteroid belt in just the right place. We've got a huge moon that got trapped add up the numbers we're so privileged you know if you truly grokked that it's more powerful than any psychedelic trip if you somehow could see the rarity so that's another gift and the cosmos is saying give them another message there's another one wake up so then the question comes down is what's this dark matter what is this force you can't see that is in the system? And you know what it is? It's in the nature of the hearts of the primate. It was born into them. It started somehow in their communities. It started early. It still doesn't answer where this thing came from. It rose with our development of language and with consciousness. What is this damn thing of, of despair? This dark thing? It's woven in. So the stakes are high. The stakes are really high. They're higher than we know. 
bonobos don't have it. Bonobos sit around and they, they do coupling to resolve stuff and, you know, they make love to resolve disputes. They make love with each other to resolve disputes. But, you know, I will tell nature back, give her some wisdom here. The bonobos did not build space shuttles mm-hmm. and high-speed rail. So listen, that scaffolding needed a certain mania to put together. It needed angst, uh, inferiority complexes. Uh, <laughs> it needed insanity. It needed psychopathy and sociopathy. You wanted that. You had to drive the monkey crazy. So in a sense, you wanted that scaffolding. You wanted survival. The price you paid was you injected into the soul. You injected mania. Now, we all have to deal with it, but you couldn't get the scaffolding without the mania. You you couldn't have it. And the bonobos were not going to do it. Bonobos were torn out of the line. Did you know that? They were ripped out of the line. And this was six, seven, eight million years ago. The branch occurred where the gene spinner, the weaver, said, these ones are too soft. They're good, but they're just too soft. They're not powerful. And they were torn out of the line. They're only in Guinea now. They're going to be extinct. You can see the very few colonies on And instead, the line that we were branched off was before they were branched off. So we were given both. The the branch that then went off into the forest was the chimpanzee. And uh, we were a blend. And I think we were just the right blend, but we're a dangerous brute. I tell the planetary plant body, I say, you know, you kind of cooked it yourself, but it's saying it's the best I knew how to do. We can speak back to this entity that created us. Um, we need your help. We see the whole picture now. And you're going to have to help us out because we need your power. We know the stakes are high. We know that this is your shot. Um, we have short lives, you know, we get our, our good foods and we get kind of satisfied and maybe not satisfied. Um, and we kind of can sort of satisfy ourselves, but we know that your life is at stake. We have to make a contract. We have to make a deal. We're caught up in the mania that you injected in order to get this built. If you are our parent... We were not born, so it is not our fault completely. You need to take responsibility, and you need to give us the most powerful tool to work with, and maybe ayahuasca, and the encounters there is is such a tool. But I would say to the biota, you need to come to consciousness, and you need to do it soon, because we're going to run out of the palladium. The stakes is so high. When we run out of palladium, we go into palladium wars. There's a time limit. So I tell nature or the force, 
that this is now the whole thing. Here we got the manic monkeys that are building the scaffolding. So I asked Gaia, you are feeling old. You're feeling there's a desperation. Hope, if we return to hope. I would say to Gaia, we come this far and you're ready to do the act of looking out. You need to look out and you need to call for help. Us individual humans can't do this. So, Mama, you got to get to work. You got to get focused. Doesn't have to be through spacecraft. Doesn't have to be through a big radio astronomy dish or something. If you can use human minds, and we're pretty good instruments. Maybe that's what she's doing. But boy, this is big. Does this make any sense to you? It's almost like if she's going to use our minds to do this, she has to learn how to, to do it. There's a danger, which is the burning out of these human minds, as this force tries desperately to do what it's trying to do. But the hope, the good news in all this is we're having the conversation. We're having this conversation right now. Because I believe, let's face it, I mean, you put two and two together. Why is ayahuasca coming into the world right now? It comes from a vine that climbs a tree. So like Jack and the Beanstalk, they're climbing, climbing up and up and up those ayahuasca banisteriopsis copy, and they get up to the sunlight. <clears throat> it's the only way they can survive. They need to get up fast, up those, those trunks. So every time a logger cuts through one of those rainforest giants, it cuts off the life of that vine. When that last rainforest giant is cut, it's the end of them. So the metaphor of nature uh, climbing, we're taking away the ladders, we're just knocking those ladders out. Uh, so the climbing medicine is ayahuasca. So what she has done is taken the most powerful medicine used for climbing and said, put it into the monkey. And then the monkey's climbing toward me and toward the light so that I can climb. And that's the, the message that we've discovered today. It's her that desperately needs to climb. The Madre needs our help to climb because her own climbing world is going away. The planet is dying. The rainforest was dying before we were evolved. You know, the rainforest was ever shrinking. It was the greatest in the Devonian. There was rainforest from Antarctica. It was the glory time for the plants. And they've been shrinking ever since. Nothing to do with us, just aging. The sun, earth, sun distance has been changing, and it's middle age. There is a darkness in the universe. It is the very size of the universe, the very fact that so little life is in the universe, that the universe is so massive. And the universe was traumatized. The blast that formed the universe was traumatic. And the universe is big and expanding and getting bigger, and it's a lonely place. It's too big, actually. It got too big. 
there's a problem that things can't reach other things. It's too large now. So when nature or the mother looks out looking for a home, we can already see what she's going to see. She doesn't see it yet. Think about that. We have to prepare her for drama. When she started, the universe was a quarter of the size. The expansion is too fast, and there's too little life. It's too rare. We have to prepare her for when she sees the difficulty. Despair is a big part of the game. Life has all been about hope till now. Just burgeoning hope. Genes copying genes, things having sex, construction of office blocks, hope and building. There will come a moment when the biota or the guy or whatever looks out and goes, there's nowhere to go. We have to be ready for the trauma because then despair comes to the Madre. Can you imagine that? To the Madre, despair will come. In that moment where the Madre starts to fall and realize, I can't, there is no place to go, I will catch her. I will say to her, let's go back before you completely lose all hope. Because if you've lost hope and the machinery of life no longer has your vitality flowing through it, the collapse will be fast. It will be apocalyptic and there's no future. The future is heat death, bacterial heat death in the sun's outer corona and a few survivors and left in crustal material, that's it. No hope, all the complexity, all the beauty, all lost. I'll say, you know what, Mom? Come with me again. We're going back to Mars, and we'll sit down, we'll have a picnic, <laughs> and watch this rover. I'll call my friend at uh, NASA Ames, and I'll say, can we borrow this thing? We're going to borrow it. I'll have a screwdriver on me. I'll have a pike, a power drill. And we're going to go over to the rover that's now out of commission. It's, uh, they're going to turn off. And we're going to use this thing. I'm going to tell Mike, don't tell anybody at JPL. I'm taking this thing apart. i got an important mission. I've got a guest with me. And I'll just take the screw gun and start taking off the belly pan. Drop the belly pan and I'll drop the interior of the vehicle. We're now taking this to the Madre, sitting over there in a state of, I need an answer. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, Madre, you can sense everything. Put your hand on this compartment. What do you feel? I feel beings. I feel life in there. What do you feel? I feel 13 varieties in their sleep and uh, it's pretty dry but these are the tough little buggers the ones with the sheets these are E. coli and a couple of other bacteria and they're just asleep waiting so don't lose hope life is already here the radiation will kill them so we need to put them back we need to, to screw the belly pan back on 
It's just an interior space. It has a slight amount of moisture. NASA tries to kill off all the bugs. It managed to kill them all off from the outside in a certain room over here in JPL, a few miles from here. But they've learned long ago that there's plenty of riders, there's plenty of hitchhikers, but nothing's on the outside. The radiation is too. But they're in there. So I say, Madre, we did it. We brought you here. Simplest forms, but those are pretty big bacteria. They are some of your best craftsmanship. There's 400 billion carbon atoms in each one. They're incredible machines. They're you. And we honor that, and we brought you here. You are here on Mars. So there is hope. But if you will help us with the darkness in our soul, with the, the lack of hope, wherever this comes from that was injected to make us manic we will build you a new home we will give our all to provide you a future and what we do as the good monkeys we are is we use engineering we can we can do this terraforming thing there's a bunch of science fiction books go read them you know dreaming of it but these are the elements no one's to blame these are the stakes this is why we're here we're also here to love we're here to create art and all these other things that belongs to us so pulling all these threads together you ask about hope so if this is the case, the wonder of all this is that we are, are living it and we can see it. The great project, those vines, they cannot reach. And we say, the manic monkey will commit to you. We have the power. We will build you a new home. So, Madre, there is hope. What if a small or a large group of clear-eyed, big-hearted, well-informed monkeys gathered together with the intention of opening a pore with the Madre? Well, a pore is the primary interface between any living thing and its environment. More information, coded as a raging river of molecules, passes through pores than any bits we monkeys will ever hurl at the ether. The pore is the ear, eye, and mouth of nature, so an energetic annulus opened up by the monkey mind may for an instant throw wide the valve on a communications crescendo. We may use this open mic to ask the Madre for help, but we must first inform her of our situation and that of our planet, for perhaps she doesn't grok the whole pickle. And who knows what answer may flow back our way. Worth a try? Send us your thoughts and feelings to www.drbruce.org, where you will find shelves of artwork 
writing, video, and much more, all available for remixing in your own projects. Thanks to Mystical Sun for the soundtrack from his album, Energy Mind Consciousness, once again artfully laid down by Chris Amon. The beautiful intro guitar pieces by Peruvian musician William and soulful guitar and voice by Peruvian musician Arturo carried us briefly down to the Amazon. I take us back there now with recordings I made on a trip some years back to a pristine rainforest tributary several hours upriver from Curimana, Peru. Blow out that candle. There's another parrot. Mm-hmm. 